Welcome friends to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. Why normal is not healthy. All right, folks, I'm kind of on a soapbox. No, I'm not kind of on one. I am on a soapbox about this topic because I'm so tired of hearing standardized test. It's not normal. Blah, 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 blah. I'm sick of it. So I really want to clear up my viewpoint on it and what I see as the biggest issues here in our culture. Because I have been working in the mental health, addiction, and personal development, and mentoring world for 40 years. That's four decades. And I have been saying this for the large majority of my time. The same message you're gonna hear now, over and over and over again. But I don't think I've ever really put it on video or taken the risk to be this vulnerable. But here I go, because I'm led to, I feel compelled. So normal, we laugh and say normal is a setting on the dryer or, you know, the definition of normal is that which society accepts, which I don't want to be that for one, because I don't believe in all the divisiveness and hate and judgment. So I don't want to be normal in that sense. And let's talk about that word normal. Yeah, I'm a word geek. My mother was a word geek. Her mother was an author, I'm an author, it kind of all goes together. Well, normal didn't even show up in the English language until somewhere around the 1850s, 1860s, somewhere around there. And it came because of the Industrial Revolution, right? And it was all about standardizing things so things could be mass produced and mass done and taken care of. So we were sold the belief in an idea to make things easier to industrialize and standardize products and services in the world. So even back then, the idea to group everything and make it a normal thing was contrived in order to make industrialization happen. Now, I'm not saying industrialization is wrong or bad or that idea is bad or wrong or any of that. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is it's 2021 now. And so I believe that humanity has used up all the value of the idea of normal and standard. Standardized testing has been proven over the last many years to be invalid in many, many ways. Now, I did really good on standard testing because I'm really had that aptitude, right? Uh, my brother didn't do as good on standard testing as I did, though he did well. And I know people who are much brighter than me who do really rotten on standardized testing. So it doesn't really show anything of great value. It gives you a flavor like an IQ test. It shows what you know about whatever that content is, but it doesn't mean that's how smart you are or not. Not really. So we're starting to see through that whole belief system and that whole idea that we have to fit into this box, into this norm, in order to receive services, do what we need to do, buy things or whatever. Like I'm 4'11", and when I was in college, 
I had a hard time buying clothes. I had a hard time buying clothes in high school and junior high school and all that too, because I'm short. I'm not normal. I'm shorter than the average woman. And so all, of my, all the sleeves on all my clothes, too long for me. Waists didn't fit, right? The length of things didn't fit. I remember when capri pants were in and I was living in Tampa, Florida at the time and I went to a really well-known store and I bought a whole slew of them and because they were like long pants to me and I was so happy because I did not have to hem everything before I could wear it. And when you're as short like I am, it the hemming only isn't it, right? Because it, it's the other size. So I've had such a struggle most of my life because I'm not normal. I don't fit into the normal. And I say it over and over to my clients that you're not normal and nor do you want to be because normal by itself, fitting into the norm, being in the box is not healthy. It's not how humans are made. It might be great to have a normal um, color of gray for the car or a normal widget thing, but it's not okay. It is not okay to group human beings into a class, a norm, and call it done. Because the truth is every single one of us is different. We are diverse, we are beautiful, we are amazing, and we come into this world with our own ability, talent, goodness. And I'm so tired of the pathologizing of our experience. I have a client right now or an ex-client right now who's suffering unbelievably. Why? Because he has drank the Kool-Aid, so to speak. He has bought the idea that he's not normal and he's looking for all the expressions of how he's sick and keeps looking for, this is wrong with me, that's wrong with me, this diagnosis, this is wrong with me. The truth is he's profoundly gifted with an intellectual overexcitability. That's the truth and he hasn't made friends with it yet. And he refuses to make friends with it because he's still in a trance, in a trance of the belief system that there must be something wrong with him because he's struggling. And to which I say, what if you're struggling because what is your valuable gift that you're bringing to the world has been mislabeled and misidentified and misused and turned into what's wrong with you in your own mind? What if that's the situation here? What if the real situation is, is you're bright and talented and amazing and it's time to make friends with yourself and friends with your gift in order to bring it forward so that your difficulties diminish? What if, what if you're released pathologizing? I have another client who's really amazing and um, she said very similar things. She has bought into the idea that she has a, she's got this disease and she has to fix it and there's something wrong with her. To which I say, you struggle the way you do sometimes because there's so much right with you and we live in a culture that only talks about what's wrong. We don't talk about what's good or what's right or what people's gifts are or how to use them. We don't do that. It's all about what the problem is. So trying to be normal is not healthy. It's not healthy. Healthy people can live their life dealing with whatever our quirkiness is and our different neurology and our different sensory things, dealing with all of that with joy 
and really being excited about those very same things in others. Like I love the diversity of people and I love that there's no two people that are the same. I love that we all think a little different and our neurology is a little different, in some cases a lot different, because it brings um, such greatness and rich and depth to my life. So trying to be normal does not work. It causes lots of trouble. It causes trouble in burnout. It causes trouble by creating shame because it's a belief system that somehow I'm inherently not good enough because that's what shame is. I'm not good enough. I'm somehow inherently flawed. That's different than guilt. That means I did something wrong. So shame is this, I don't fit in. So what's wrong with me? And I remember when I was very young, that being the case, I was an introverted. I was very shy when I was very young. I'm still kind of shy. And I was very sensitive, highly sensitive, intensely sensitive. I had all these overexcitabilities. I don't even know if anybody knew those words then in my world. I didn't. And I felt things deeply. My own mother said that your bladder is too close to your eyes and really shamed me for being tearful often when I was hurting. Now, I don't think she meant to hurt me, and I don't think she meant to shame me in the way that I ended up taking that energy in, because she was a loving, kind, great woman. I don't think she meant it, but it still happened. I had teachers make fun of me because I could rip through a test really fast and ace it, and therefore, you know, there was something odd about you. I had other teachers ask my mother if I knew how to speak because I didn't talk very much in class. I didn't see the need to, and I was shy, right? I had trouble in Girl Scouts because I didn't fit into the norm and the cliques. I saw the world differently. So I had a lot of struggles with this all my life. So as I got older and got my degrees in psychology and started working as a counselor and then going into addiction work and then going and then creating specialty programs, I noticed that the same kind of quirky different people always kept finding me. And I think it's because there's great value in realizing that normal is not healthy. It is highly overrated, highly overrated. And I think that now in 2021, the world has changed enough where those of us who have appreciation and knowledge and understanding beyond the 1860s definition and understanding of standardizing everything, have, we need to raise our voices is what we need to do so that all of this trying to squish our kids and squish our adolescents and squish all of us into spaces and places that don't work can be left behind. We can look at the previous several decades as a great learning experience of how not to treat a human being and how not to look at people. Because if, if I took you and I kept shoving you into a corner and silencing you and pushing you down over and over again, when you finally get a little freedom, that, that grief and that, sh that shift of finally getting some freedom after being oppressed your whole life can create violence and rage and anger. It can because the old pain, all that grief, all of that denial of self at the hands of others comes erupting out like a volcano. And do you blame that person? 
I remember when I started coming into my own and I started coming into this understanding and I started teaching it to my clients, I remember counselors at places where I was the clinical director arguing with me in front of clients, arguing with me about how what normal is and that they need to be normal. And I'm like, no, normal is a standardization and people, humans, do not fit into it. My dog is a Labradoodle. She sheds like there's no tomorrow. She looks more like Lab than Doodle. She doesn't fit into the norm. And she's the most loving, kind, amazing dog. So do we throw her out because she's not the normal Labradoodle with the curly hair? No, we don't. Do we throw out our children? Do we throw out our elderly people who see the world different? Do we throw you out because you're different? It's time that we wake up, people. It is past time we wake up. I have been <sighs> taking this message to all of my clients and out in the world and in my books and everything I can think of tactfully over many years, many, many years. There was a video for a while on my Visions Applied website that said this exact message with a cartoon, right? And ask anyone who knows me. I have a passion about this. And I've tried to be tactful, and I've even said that being silent in the face of these kinds of problems and challenges in the world is not okay. It's time that those of us who are aware start speaking, like really, and not just in opposition. The thing that gets on my nerves sometimes is people talking only in opposition, like, well, you guys are wrong because you're trying to normalize us, and so we're over here being diverse. Well. Unity, all of us coming together, and diversity can mutually coexist. In fact, they support each other if people have any kind of wisdom at all. Because we can be very diverse and quite unified at the same time. Because unity is not sameness. Unity is coming together. And I would much rather come together with a group that is diverse and rich and deep and vulnerable and authentic than a group that is all the same and superficial and walking around like this. I don't wanna be around that. It doesn't serve the world. It doesn't serve our mission. It doesn't help humankind. And you know, the world's expanding and we're here, all of us are here to bring in a better world, to leave it better than we found it. And quite frankly, there's a lot of people in my generation that if they were in school, they'd be getting a lot of Fs. They might get A's in some things, but they're getting an F and being a good steward. They're not doing so well at caring for others. No, selfishness? What about the generation behind me that's full of entitlement? Oh, my living word, that's not being a good steward. To being a stu good steward means to take the best care of something, the best care. And that's not the norm. The norm is Good enough for government work, let it go on by, whatever needs to happen. You know, just make it, make it okay. No, it's about being a good steward. It's about doing the right thing. It's about realizing that each, every single one of us is so different and so uniquely beautiful that we release the idea that there's something wrong. We release the pathology. We get rid of the idea the belief, the actions, the words 
that just because you're different makes you less than, wrong, or better than, or more right than me. Looking at people and putting them up here or putting them down below you, neither one of those work because the truth is we are all amazingly connected. That's the truth. And the truth is we're meant to be diverse. So I suggest we redefine the problem in our society. We redefine it by starting with the first truth, and that is that you are beautiful, lovable, and capable. That your diversity is needed, it's desired, and it's the perfect authentic gift that only you can bring to the world. I suggest we redefine the idea of what it means to fit in. And not from a place of anger either, or a place of reaction where we go to the other side just to argue. Like we have the right wing and the left wing and they're all fighting. Well, you know what? Neither one of them are accurate. Because that's not where the answer is. The answer is within each one of us of what's the highest and best good for ourselves and others. And we can't answer that question if we're distracted in anger, if we're distracted in fear, if we're distracted in doubt or worry or grief. We can't answer the question. So the first step is to get rid of the pathology and to redefine the problem that the problem is not the people. The problem is the system. The problem is the paradigm. The problem is the set of belief systems. The problem is we have tried to standardize humans like we standardize machines and humans are not machines. So that error that started many generations ago in the late 1800s, it's time to get rid of it. It's time to wake up from the trance, from unenlightenment from years ago, and come into today, where we see the value and goodness in all people because they're inherently good and valuable. And if you're doing such bad choices in your behavior, or there's a big problem elsewhere, that's where the law of natural consequences comes in. So it's not ignoring that, it's understanding that the beginning of the problem is the trance that was created in the late 1800s that people could be standardized like machines and paint color. No, not true. I think that's why so many of my clients are really successful because I've been holding this belief forever as far as I can determine. And I remember being a maverick, you know, in the therapy world where I had this one job where I was supposed to follow this book, you know, get this book and read the pages and follow it along. And that's what you taught that day. And I would get in the group with my people and I would close. The, I'd say that today we're supposed to talk about whatever was in the book. I'd close the book and say, now, what's important to you? And I had the highest success rate in this addiction facility. My people stayed sober and I got awards. I never followed their program, not once. That was so long ago, you'll never find it now, right? But the point is this, the point is, they were human beings. How could we standardize them to a notebook, a three-inch notebook, and if it's Tuesday, fourth Tuesday, this is what you need to know? No, that's incorrect. It's incorrect. It wasn't correct then. It's not correct now. And until we stop living in the trance and looking at humans as, as things, until we stop it, we're going to continue to kill our environment, to harm really great people and to hold back beauty and goodness. And I'm over it. I'm quite frankly, I am over it, over it, over it. So let's get rid of looking at what's wrong and the deficit in people. And let's start looking at what's right. 
What's right about you? What's right about the situation? What right and good in the capital R means spiritually, like the higher principles, what is it? And let's live from that place, shall we? I think so, right? Like I remember those teachers holding me back when I was younger, but I also remember my high school teacher, Mrs. Rapulski. And Mrs. Rapulski was my high school humanities teacher and she was feared by so many people because we had to write with black inks. We even had a black ink pledge at our table and you had to get a pen that didn't ball up and write terrible and there were so many rules. We had so many books to read and so many reports to do. But thanks to Mrs. Rapulski, I clepped out of, meaning I got to test out of, my first year of college. Why? Because she took interest in all of us. It mattered to her how we all did. And while we would be in class in high school, students who were already in college or had left, you know, they would come back and they would come into the classroom and visit her when they were in town. And none of us could figure out why would people come back and see Mrs. Rapulski, oh my God, you know, uh, uh-uh. She was amazing. She set us up for success. She believed in us in ways that nobody else really did. I was grateful because at my high school, there were multiple teachers like that, where we were supported, we were encouraged, we were told we could do it. In fact, at our high school reunions, we still talk about it because it was an important time and the teachers at that time in that space in that school were supportive, they appreciated who we were, what our differences were, and they really wanted us to succeed. And many, many, many of us, a very high percentage of my high school graduating class, we've all been very successful and made really good decisions in the world. With all our mistakes and all our messiness and all our, all our stuff, we were supported and we were seen for who we were and we weren't um, thrown into these boxes. So teachers when I was younger tried to do that, right? Teachers when I was in high school, not as much. Then I get to college and a few of my professors, I still remember them, really supported my diversity and the fact that I think differently. I think fast. I have a photographic memory. I know stuff that other people don't know because I have a gift of intuition that I didn't even know was intuition. I thought everybody had it and they just weren't using it. I didn't realize it was a little different, but they honored that in me and supported it. And so it helped me launch my life in a way, being understood better by some of them than I understood myself at the time. But it gave me that foundation and that fire to continue to be an advocate for geeky gifted people, for people who don't fit into the mold, for the creative geniuses who are trying to translate big vision into this human world, for the messiness of life. It gave me support, encouragement, and permission to let who I am show up more authentically and more fully every day. Because I'm much different now than then. I'm much different now than I was last year. And next year, I'll be different because I'm evolving and changing and growing and using my vo voice more fully to the support people who maybe don't use their voice yet. I told one of my good gifted friends recently that there's nothing enlightened about playing small. There's nothing good about being the best kept secret. And I believe that sometimes those of us who can see through the trance, the, see through the fog, see through the delusion, the collective hallucination, that it's time for us to speak up. So that's what this episode is because normal 
is not healthy. In fact, normal is highly overrated. Never apply the word normal to any human being because no one is a machine. We are real, authentic, amazing beings. So can we start treating each other like that and come out of our fighting corners and realize that everyone has value? Can we please? All right, soapbox is kind of over now, but it matters. So if you heard nothing from me, please remember that you are wonderful and beautiful and creative and lovable, and kind and generous at your core. And any time you have acted out of alignment with your own beauty and your own goodness from your own soul, it was out of fear. It was out of misunderstanding. It was out of being taught lies about who you are. It's not because that's who you are. You are not your behavior. You are not your feelings. You are your soul's essence that is here in human form to do something magical and amazing and experience joy and connection. So normal, my friends, is not healthy. Any questions? Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.